And welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast, and this is episode 27. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> let's, let's kill that bass head. Alright, let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know having a good time on the show t bows and maddie g tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the fap welcome everybody to the freaking awesome podcast i'm your host anthony bows and sitting across from me is maddie the pigeon toucher g Woo. Kitchen toucher. <laughs> Today, we welcome a very talented gentleman to the show. On the surface, you may see a digital editing technician, but his talents go much deeper. His work consists of music videos, short films, and animations, all of which have generated over 17 million views on YouTube. He has been nominated for the Cecil Awards uh, Best Sound Design, the Telly Awards Best Trailer uh, slash voiceover, and uh, the Audio Award for Best Original Work. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kennedy Phillips. Kennedy, thank you for joining us. Greetings, Acolytes, and thank you for having me. Now, I, I do have to ask, uh, the, the pigeon toucher, I assume that they are good touches, not, not the wrong kind. <laughs> I once had to show the police on a doll where I touched them. <laughs> They had one on file? Like, they had, they had like, a little plush? Yeah, surprisingly. It's more common than you'd think, I guess. They just open up a filing cabinet and pull out the stuffed animals. <laughs> open the mat file. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this one's a teddy, this one's an iguana. You know, <laughs> yeah. let, let, let's, uh, let's go with the caribou. Let's, that, that, that one's common. Oh, yeah, caribou's are hard to touch. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All so uh, let's get into the news, Manny, shall we? Yeah, you want me to start? Sure. Okay, so uh, a little uh, little Canadian, a little Canuck news on this one. Ooh. So Niagara Falls mayor finds his image on a dating website again. <laughs> <laughs> this happens a lot? Yeah, this happens a lot. Oh, wow. So, Must be a popular name. Madison, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I actually kind of dug into it a little bit. But uh, <laughs> the article reads, he's... He's single, but not ready to mingle, at least not online. Niagara Falls Mayor um, Jim Diodati, uh, who has been separated from his wife for the last four years, says he's not, repeat, not on any online dating sites despite his photo to the contrary. The 55-year-old politician says his picture was used in an ad for mature dating for singles over 40 on Facebook without his permission, so he posted a warning about it on his own Facebook page and screenshot of his likeness. Uh, a number of people were. I feel like that, that is. I feel like that's the most tragic and conf- and and confusing kind of catfish. Uh, right. Of, <laughs> like of all the things you could be pretending to be, why a fifty-five-year-old Canadian uh, politician? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. I know. I know. It's fantastic. It, it, it must like garner a certain oh. demographic. I don't know. Like I don't know if it's just like me being. Tell me about your connections. <laughs> <laughs> it might be just me being like that. Um, uh, you know the the uh, what do they call that a conspiracy theorist or something like that? But wouldn't that be like a political figure to just say it's not me? 
And I'm going to pre-warn everybody, but actuality, it really is him. He's just like, no, if you see it, it's not me. That that totally – that's exactly what a politician would say who, yeah. who's not who, – Well, that, who that's, is, just but... gonna, that's just going to run out the moment he actually has a date and has to wear a mustache to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. My name is Mr. Snrub. <laughs> I'm an English gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So uh, – so uh, Dio Daddy says, um, at first he wasn't alarmed because it's not the first time that this has happened to him. So over the years, dozens of times on different dating sites, he explained. Um, I guess Okay, come on. Dozens of times? Yeah, that's what he says. Dozens of times. And he quote, unquote, public figures were just magnets for this type of thing. <laughs> okay, celebrities? I've yes. seen him. He's not that good looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey man, sometimes the celebrity and the the politician Venn diagram merges, and that that gets awkward for everybody. Right? There's that sweet spot that the gold diggers like to jump in. Right? <laughs> and catfishing with celebrities celebrities are too well known now, so now That's they're right. they're picking off the uh, the politicians. That, that right. the odd person who happens to be really into people with the power over fiscal budgeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crunch those numbers. Tell me about your <laughs> I got some spreadsheets for you right here. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> you can auto sum me anytime. <laughs> All yeah, right, and that's it. That's, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, you know, the fact that it's happened multiple times with this guy sounds a little suspicious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, my uh, my first news article was. Uh, uh, a fast food worker fired after being filmed taking a bath in the restaurant sink. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, why would he get fired for that? Right, I mean, right. That doesn't oh. make any sense. Oh, but it, it gets bad. Yeah, it gets good. <laughs> uh, so an employee working at a Wendy's in uh, Greenville, United States, had been fired after a video was posted online showing him taking a bath in the industrial-sized sink of the restaurant's kitchen. Uh, the clip was uploaded to TikTok, where he was viewed thousands of times before widely shared on other social platforms. Uh, it shows a man sitting in a sink of soapy water up to his shoulders at a branch in Wendy's in America, where while another person throws a cloth at him into the water and tells him to wash himself. <laughs> it's oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's already sounding so dirty in, in a cleanest way. <laughs> God, it just, you know, I, I really thought that those uh, informative videos of yesteryear about, you know, safety in the workplace and stuff were just <laughs> exaggerating a little bit when they had scenarios like, uh, J- James, there's blood on the lettuce. What are you doing here? You can't wash your hands on a prep sink. That ain't, that ain't right. It's, it's true. And, and it's funny because uh, I think at some point in the article they talk about that, that effective violates all their health and safety standards. Um, but it, it, it basically, um, the man basically wipes his chest uh, before laughing and saying, ooh, it feels like a hot tub. And then he goes on saying, just enjoying life, boss. <laughs> Then a metal food tray is slid into the sink of water with them, (laughs) which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, wasted opportunity there. He should have followed up with, nah, boss, I'm just prepping the marriage. Like a myth. My wife loves it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So it, it they can't tell because of the way the uh the, the film is shot is whether he is wearing anything 
or not, or if he's just completely naked in the sink. Um, you can see his knees exposed and his shoulders and his arms, um, and the rest is soapy water. Uh, so Christian Camp, uh, the spokesperson for Team Skullstack, uh, which owns Wendy's, uh, said all employees featured in the video were fired immediately after they came aware of the clip, as reported by Newsweek. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like, so, yeah, I guess it's kind of like, ew, like, has my food been prepared in there? Like, do you know any food that's prepared in a sink? No, that's where things get cleaned. <laughs> well, I know, I know that, like, uh, like you know, chicken and things like that, but at a Wendy's? Like, if that's not right. coming out of a frozen patty, they're not doing it right. 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 Well, isn't that, isn't that Wendy's big thing? It's yeah. like it's never frozen? That's, that's like their call to fame. Yeah. And their Twitter account is fucking awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever read they're, some they're of the tweets? They're pretty good at ripping other oh, restaurants, yeah. which is pretty funny. Like, big time. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Honest, honestly, like out of all the Twitter, all, out of all the Twitter accounts I've seen, the one that like always really gets to me was like the for a long time the astonishingly the Sonic the Hedgehog account because I have never seen a more nihilistic self burn done better than the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter page. Really, <laughs> I haven't seen that. I, I have haven't. To go I mean, I think they recognized how how bad that first cut was, and then they wanted to fix it up. So maybe by burning themselves. No, man, they... they've been they've been doing this since two thousand. They've been doing this since like, uh, like back when Sonic had the uh, 2006 remake and it was awful. Like I don't know, I, I can't remember when Twitter went online, but when they they started their campaign, they went to town. That's awesome. <laughs> there, the, 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 the the 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog trailer was not the worst thing to have come out of Sonic. I promise you, <laughs> it's bad. Now I have to look. Bad, have to but look it's not up. Sonic 2006 bad. Yeah, <laughs> I got. Yeah, okay. That's, that's it. Weird. Now we got to look that up. <laughs> hey, I'm actually going to see Sonic tomorrow night. No, oh, right on. Yeah, excellent. You yeah, have to let me know how yeah. it is. I, apparently, people are saying it's pretty awesome. All right. So, well, I mean, like, uh, I, I'm I'm actually going to go try and see it myself because the the animation team uh, that was working on it uh, went back. Uh, they they hired like another animation team to help out and and start over. Yeah, uh, and they did it, and then they up. fired them all. That, that takes it takes balls to be willing to go back and 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 rebuild that stuff. The problem is, is that they they, they tr- the a lot of these bigger studios treat like those VFX companies and animation studios like uh, like a sweatshop. It's right, awful. Yeah. I know it's true. People are working like eighty hour days. Uh, they don't get breaks. No, nope. some of these people they have sleep to like next go to their computers. Issues. Yeah, because I heard I heard that they well I had I not heard I read that they had absolutely crushed the remake like the 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 video graphics effects and mm-hmm. uh, and then basically they closed the studio after like like laid them wow. off that's which crazy. is yeah, that's, shocking that's both, that's yeah. both due to the fact that a lot of these VFX studios never see the back end of the profits right they, yeah. they get paid first and it, it's always it's they get uh, this ridiculous deadline and then they never get to see any of the profits for these multi-million dollar profit things lion king made like over a billion in the box office despite the fact that it's a terrible piece of shit yeah and agreed and that that studio which did such amazing works for the visual effects on that film went belly up and had to lay off everybody wow that's ridiculous that's is there no union like that's what shocks me no yeah. There's no union for these things. Like a lot of these, a lot of these uh, studios are very anti-union. Yeah, and yeah. it's got to change somehow. Yeah, I agree. But they've yeah. got an iron grip on these companies, and it's it's a it's an absolute shame. 
Yeah, uh, I totally agree. When I heard when I heard that they after after I saw the new trailer, like the the revamped one, and then I found out that they laid the studio off, I was actually really upset. Uh, it's funny because you almost it, you're torn because you almost want to boycott the movie so the big guys don't get the money from it for laying off all those poor folks that work so hard. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of want to go see it to pay homage to the folks that work so hard on it. Yeah. So it's Seriously. it's a weird yeah. uh, catch twenty two that one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I work with so many wonderful animators on so many different projects, on um, like independent stuff. And I got to tell you, if you really want to support these people, look look up the names at the end of the credits. Stick around for the credits. See who did some of these animations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find them. Give them props. They deserve it. Totally. Yeah. They're probably on Twitter or uh, Reddit or Instagram or something. Yeah. Tony, that's actually people a great idea for a, sh- for a show. Yeah. We yeah. should reach out to some of the folks that did the Sonic. I know it was in Vancouver. Yeah, so we should do that. yeah, we should. Maybe that's a great yeah. idea for uh, a, our, one of our shows, Kennedy. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, for sure. Well, take it for free. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, we did. Tony read the disclaimer before yeah. the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was in there somewhere. <laughs> Right on. No, um, I don't mind. I'm not going to be one of those kind of guys that's like, you have no virtue. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, so my next. Yep. Yep. All right. So naked drunk man breaks into home, uses not pretty drapes to cover himself. <laughs> that's, that's. It already there. sounds like a not pretty scene. Oh, this is actually hey, another, Can- another Canuck one here. <laughs> uh, Saskatoon police say a man left out in the cold with nothing on but his underwear broke into a Saskatoon home and grabbed some drapes to cover up his wiener. They say the man was taken home from a bar overnight by people he had just met, um, but things took a bad turn and they asked him to leave. The residents called the police and told officers the man had not wanted to go, became belligerent, and was eventually forced out wearing only his underwear. Uh, with the door locked behind him, the near-naked man took matters into his own hands and broke into a neighbor's basement through a window. A woman who'd been sleeping called the police and told them that a man had taken some drapes and wrapped himself robe-style before leaving. I was sleeping all of a sudden. I, oh, I was sleeping, and all of a sudden, I heard these knocks on my window. Um, before I could grab my phone or anything, he broke through the window and just jumped in. So wait, this person was sleeping in their basement? I. I Yes. That's how I read it. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that basement just has, like, no acoustic treatment. You, she probably, she heard on the second floor. That's true. Like, that raccoon again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here's a oh, man. Like, like the, honestly, that man's uh, uh, decision-making process, I, I got to commend him for that. He was put <laughs> right. in a really impossible situation out in the cold, and he said, nah, I'm going to go and make this, I'm going to, I'm going to, improvise and make the best of a terrible situation <laughs> and i mean the, the drapes probably pro- probably didn't match but the important <laughs> thing was that it got closed long enough to be able to get out of there and frankly that's that's kind of an average thing that you would run into in florida i mean i, I grew up in florida <laughs> it's, true. And, it's so true uh, those kind of stories are a dime a dozen. I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm waiting for the crystal meth to get involved here. <laughs> we have ah, like Florida. Florida news. We have like a Florida news section on this yep. show because we find so much yeah, shit. Normally. Uh, you know if, I, if I may like offer a, ba- a very small defense in Florida's benefit for this co- sort of thing. Go on. So there is a law in Florida stating that all public records of police statements uh, be allowed to be run in newspapers. 
they they basically run everything. Oh wow! So even the most embarrassing things have to be public <laughs> records. In full, which newspapers grab on slow days. Oh man! So oh, we got to get a hold of some law, of these records. Awesome. If that law was passed in all fifty states in Cal- in Canada, England, or whatever, you'd be getting those stories. That's it's Don't true. Stop. That makes sense now. Oh, I wish. That it makes make, sense It makes now. my job so much easier for, like, looking at these things and, yes, and fact-finding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would still say I would not be surprised if Florida has a disproportionate amount of those, considering <laughs> yeah. the fact that, that we got – we got the most creative drug-addled chemists. It, it is a complete uh, nuclear range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it it it's like the the uh, the Chernobyl of uh, crime and stupidity <laughs> down there. <laughs> Floor is awesome. Yep, love it. Well, the twenty two twenty two year old man was arrested uh, nearby and taken to the hospital for minor minor injuries when he broke through the window. And uh, he was charged for uh, breaking and entering and criminal mischief. So I do have to give him one props. I mean, even though he broke a window to get in, he at least had the courtesy to steal ugly drapes. He probably thought, fucking nobody's going to miss these things. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's not like he went upstairs and stole, like, the living room drapes or something. Dude, I, I, if so. it was me, well, I totally I mean, would have walked downstairs yeah. and I would have been, like, all groggy and be like, ah, the carpet does match the oh, drapes. <laughs> You can't assume he's being accommodating just because the woman might possibly have shit taste. (laughs) Fair enough. That's true. (laughs) We try to give people the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, as we all know, coming up is uh, Valentine's Day. Now, at the time this recording is Valentine's Day. By the time people are listening to it, it will obviously have passed. Um, However, uh, I do have a lovely little Valentine's Day article. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I, I really tried to make this. I actually tried to get this person on the show. It, it, it would have been really great for him to to, to uh, uh, talk with us all about this. But um, there's a man. The article reads: Man offers twenty five thousand dollars to anyone who can find him a girlfriend. Done. I was like, let that sink in for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that bet. Right. Give me fifteen minutes at Home Depot, and I'll make one out of some old cleaning materials, like a mop and a bucket, maybe one, uh, two of those hedge clippers. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me let me get into it. You... For that sort of thing, I might end up spending like seventy five fifty on all that. <laughs> <laughs> there... Standards. That's a good return on investment. It's true. There are some stipulations, though. So uh, while many people are scrambling last minute to find uh, presents uh, or even a date before Valentine's Day, this Kansas man wants a little something more, a girlfriend. He's offering $25,000 to anyone who can help him find one. Bachelor Jeff Gebhardt told CBS affiliate KCT-TV that he'd grown sick of dating in the traditional way and especially online dating. So he said that he decided to think outside the box. Uh, he quoted, well, you th- if you think about it, if you're in a happy marriage, what monetary value would you ever place on meeting the right person ever? Uh, the 47-year-old told the outlet, my time and frustration and disappointment definitely is worth some sort of dollar value. I figured I would spend roughly $25,000 on dating. So I was like, fuck, that was pretty good for dating. Yeah. Um, I got I to be honest. That is probably one of the most rich white guy solutions I've heard in a long time. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it, it gets... only, only a rich white guy 
Yeah, it, it, it gets better. So um, Gebhardt is an entrepreneur by trade. Uh, he's been working on a project for about six months, which he finally launched his own dating website. Um, except for the, the dating website called datejeffg.com, um, which it just got launched on <laughs> I wonder on what Sunday. it's about. <laughs> it, it is just set up for him to try to screen the perfect woman. Um, so if people who, are, who want to uh, send women over, I, I'm not sure if there's a referral link or anything on that, um, but the site has everything anyone would ever need to know about the eligible bachelor. It's on there, including a two-minute-long video detailing his quest. Uh, he's never been engaged, never been married, and he's been in several long-term relationships, according to the site, uh, that have never really worked out. He doesn't have any kids. So wait, you mean you mean to tell me that this man who is sick of the traditional dating site formula method of dating has, in fact, found the solution by becoming a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially it's irony, irony you know, right? There's right? no irony. Well, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, am I right? <laughs> exactly. Now, now the deal does get uh, a little bit better. So he has a dog that he loves a lot. So um, in addition to the $25,000 award that the lucky matchmaker would get, he's also going to donate $25,000 to a no-kill dog shelter or charity. Oh. So, so there's some charitable things that's coming out of this. Uh, he's not just weird and creepy, right? Like he's also like a de- weird, creepy. Uh, depending how, <laughs> depending point, so. on how uh, the girl he gets looks, he yeah. might be getting a twofer there, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, man. Like, give 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 uh, give uh, me and the people over at Honeycast like three hours. We can get you that money. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the stipulations. So, anybody who's looking to get that quick payoff payday, um, there are. Uh, the, the strings, of course, that are attached. The potential match must exclusively date Gebhardt for 365 consecutive days, according to his website. The matchmaker will only get cash if the pair make it to the one uh, pair makes it to the one year mark, and they don't take it all home at once. It actually gets paid out in $5,000 increments over a five-year period. Oh, what the fuck? This is like American Idol. Right? <laughs> it, and, and if the couple breaks up, then you don't get any more money. So if they make it one year, you get $5,000. But if they break up after that, you don't get any more money. That, that That's not even... Right? I feel like, yeah, like... It just doesn't seem worth the hassle. No. Well, I feel like that's that's like... You're putting a at that point. It's not like you're putting a dollar amount on getting a date or getting a girlfriend. You're putting a dollar amount on your girlfriend's life. Then at that point, because like you're saying that basically, a uh, it it has a depreciating value over time. (laughs) Because after five years, you're like, oh, you're not worth anything anymore. I don't have to pay that (laughs) depreciating asset. Right? Yeah. Um, So I I kind of think it's. Let's, let's, let's not forget the, the, the significant percentage chance that the, since this guy has such a hard time dating in general, he could just be a shitty guy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he hasn't found love because he's an ass. Yeah. Now, I have seen some of the pictures he posted online. He kind of looks like a fun party guy. Uh, he looks like he's got a good sense of humor. Um, his, his video, of course, looks like super soft and sweet, like he's a fantastic person. Right. <laughs> um, now, it's really funny because um, – 
every woman has to take a survey to see if they'll be even a good match before he would to date this person, right? He'd be willing to date the person. Uh, the survey is based, air quotes, on science. And um, it was developed by a clinical uh, psychiatric uh, psychiatric to or uh, psychiatrist, sorry, okay. a a clinical psychiatrist, according to the site. Uh, All right, right. So he 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 quotes, and this is what he says. In in he quotes, uh, "You have a big number that that apply. You put them through a Willy Wonka machine, <laughs> and the ones that come out on the other side are the ones that are good candidates for me." <laughs> oh my God! Is, is that the is, is that the common nomenclature, Willy Wonka machine? Right. <laughs> 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 That's what I was like. You're you're almost kind of making fun of this as you're going, but uh, a Willy Wonka machine. Um, you get five thousand dollars a year to send this right? guy murder victims. Like you just created a website with a clinical psychiatrist, <laughs> but you're calling it a Willy Wonka machine. It kind of makes me feel like you don't actually appreciate the psychiatrist's opinion. No. <laughs> Might as well be like, all right, we shall go and get uh, put our science juices in the app and put it through the magical walking field. <laughs> exactly. I want the Noompa now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, you know what? We can all admit, uh, admit it is a very unconventional way to find love. But um, maybe it will be just the right thing for him to find a sweetheart. Well, who knows? However, if anybody's listening to this podcast and you do go in to be this guy's girlfriend or you want to check out the video, you make sure that you mark us down as your reference. We would love to see some of that fat cash because, quite frankly, there are operating costs to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all comes Man, out of pocket. I, I, re- I refuse to participate in that whole nonsense on, on principle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I wonder if there was actually. I, I am not, I, I not going to be that man's pimp. <laughs> there, there didn't say anything about gender specific. Actually, get me a wig. I'm right. going undercover. <laughs> That's I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, how long will this go on for? <laughs> oh goodness, I'm the perfect woman. Right. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. Uh, I do have a another uh, funny little. Uh, Another funny little article I'm going to just quickly post out here um, in case you haven't heard it. Uh, there's a a new KFC fire log that's being sold at Walmart uh, that will make your house smell like fried chicken. Okay, that's fucking sweet. Right? Um, like normally I'm like not the gimmicky type, but that sounds awesome. Right? So uh, basically Walmart is selling a Kentucky fried chicken log. Uh, it's a limited edition, 11 herbs and spices that will make your house smell like KFC. Uh, I'm pretty sure nobody's asked for this. But uh, if you are into being tortured with the sweet smell of non-existent fried chicken wafting through your home, this fire log is for you. It's made with 100% recycled materials and can burn up to three hours. Uh, the cost of this is forty nine ninety five. Oh, fuck that. What? I mean, I could go and buy two okay, buckets so- of chicken <laughs> for forty nine ninety five and have the real deal. <laughs> so, so two things about that. One, if you want your hair to smell like chicken... Just go work at a KFC. You get paid to do it. Right. And two, is there honestly a, a, a person out there that says to themselves, you know what? I want to smell chicken, but I'm too lazy to eat it. <laughs> and I mean, I'm also can... too lazy to drive next to a KFC. Who's, who's like, that? If you want to smell, if you want to smell chicken, 
make some fried chicken. <laughs> or, you know, if you want, you can always set fire to this thing outside of someone's house and torment somebody. This makes me feel like people who are on diets, right? They want to smell the chicken, but they don't want the temptation of the fried chicken in their house. Maybe. Oh, I, I, to me, how, that's oh, just torture. Perfect. If yeah. it wasn't forty nine ninety nine, I'd try it. Yeah. Like if I was at Walmart anyways. How perfect would it be if you got somebody who if you got somebody who was like trying to lay off the chicken and like really was really like uh trying trying to, you know, go straight, go sober from the from the kernel <laughs> and you wanted to torment them because you ha- you are a vindictive asshole and you replace <laughs> all of their logs with KFC firewood and they slowly you can slowly watch their mind unravel at the <laughs> they just start they start getting the meat sweats and they run out <laughs> Imagine the therapy talks. <laughs> oh my god, this would play the honestly would be the perfect prank now that I think of it. <laughs> Everything smells like chicken. Right? The walls. <laughs> They're in the walls. <laughs> You know, for someone who used to work for a fast food place when he was younger, uh, you go home smelling like that. Like, nobody wants that. I definitely no. will guarantee you there is not one KFC worker who wants that log. No. Yeah. But if anybody God, wants I'm to buy so us... I'm glad a... I never had to do that myself. Yeah. <laughs> but 49 bucks? Seriously? Yeah. If anybody wants to buy us the log, let us know right into our website or, or onto our social media. We would gladly accept the log to test it out. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it. T- watch it. It smell like it doesn't even smell close to it. Right. <laughs> then I'd be upset. It smells like burnt cat or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 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 This is the worst thing. We can't put <laughs> it out. I, 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 as much like uh, fried chicken as like uh, uh, artificial banana tastes like actual banana. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, isn't isn't? Did we have this conversation once where artificial banana? is made from an extract from a banana that doesn't exist anymore? No. Ah, oh, maybe, no. maybe it wasn't us then. I, I think we may have talked about the uh, the uh, artificial raspberry flavoring that comes in drinks is made from, like, a an animal's pituitary gland. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, don't get raspberry flavor I thought it was made from drink. crushed beetles. Oh, wait, no, that's food coloring. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Be, a, be aware of what you're eating, people. <laughs> yeah, apparently bananas used to be a lot better. Huh. Yeah, so banana flavors derived from that extinct banana. Wow. Yeah. Do they pump that banana flavor into real bananas? Um, apparently, yeah. I really? no, wait, sorry, no, <laughs> wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> banana flavored stuff though they do. Okay. Yeah. So like banana breads and stuff. Oh man! Like remember those little banana marshmallow things? Okay. As a kid. So have you ever had a things. banana, uh, like banana muffin from yeah. from like you notice how they always taste a little bit more banana than yeah. than when you make it? It's because yeah. that's usually why. Oh, it's crazy, eh? Bastards. Yeah. It's kind of like how uh, all orange juice kind of tastes the same because they use a flavor packet because they they suck the oxygen out of the orange juice so that they can preserve it year-round because it's a seasonal thing. Yeah. Hmm. So they have, like, this weird orangey flavor packet to bring the taste back, and that's why all orange juice, no matter what brand you're getting, tastes exactly the same if it's from concentrate. Now we know where all the tang went. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's actually not 100% true. There is one orange juice out there. I can't remember. Sunny D. Sunny D. Sunny D tastes weird. Everybody says it's like fantastic. It's filmy. It's filmy. You know why? If you read it, there's there's, uh, grease. There's oil in the Uh, orange juice. That's why I hate it. Coats your mouth with oil. Great. Yeah. Doesn't it contain like what? Uh, less than five percent juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's more it's more That's vegetable ter- oil than anything or something. 
It's, it's oh, God, no, you, made, you reminded me of a commercial back in the day where like uh, Kool-Aid had a commercial in the uh, in the in the 80s or 90s where it's like new Kool-Aid juicers with 20 percent juice. OK, now your reminder reminds me of when when McDonald's did the chicken nuggets now made with real white meat. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck were eating before? Yeah, it was that pink sludge that Jamie Oliver uh, showed us. Uh, oh, man, it's, it's it's crazy. There's a video out there of Jamie Oliver basically showing exactly how chicken nuggets are made to children and children are all like, whoa, my God, <laughs> they're watching it. So at the end, he cooks them up and he says, who wants chicken nuggets? And all the kids raise their hands. <laughs> <laughs> and the look on his face is so soul crushing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That, I, I gotta be honest, man. That's the kind of asshole that comes up and whispers to a kid as he as he gets them to sleep. There is no Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah. that's like, awesome you really want your kids to stay in bed you're like i love you <laughs> beware of the boogeyman <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh <laughs> so um kennedy let's let's talk magus elgar absolutely fantastic i because i have to tell you i have listened to every one of the episodes and they are just amazing and it warms my heart that you have. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's I, I've never listened to a show that um, not only could you just picture everything that's going on in your head, but at the same time uh, you can visualize the surroundings and everything just from the audio that's been created. Uh, it's so in depth. Um, the storytelling is is funny, and uh, the characters are beautifully performed. Um, I, I I literally crushed through those in no time, so I, I can't wait, and I really hope there is a second season on the way. Would you like me to tell the premise of the show to uh, your fine and incredibly attractive audience that I can clearly see in front of me? Please do. Uh, absolutely. So, Magus Elgar is kind of like a blend between Terry Pratchett's Discworld and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the uh, Galaxy. It's a fantasy comedy about two magic casters who discover a brand new form of magic from the dimension of Earth called science. And in their excitement to better understand it, uh, they uh, accidentally uh, cause a fracture in reality that creates stamps, scientific tools augmented with magical power. So they have to work together with two scientists from Earth to fix these magical anomalies before all of reality gets unraveled, or at least before people find out it's their fault. <laughs> nice. It's so good. Uh, and and um, there, there's what, what is the other anagram in there for, for what they are as a group? Oh, yes. Um, the, they try to figure out what to call themselves when they want to fi- find these uh, stamps, and the name comes up with uh, Magical Anomaly Interdimensional Locators, or MAIL for short. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, I love it. Uh, so it is beautiful, and it truly is, uh, as you mentioned, um, uh, I'm also a huge Terry Pratchett fan, so uh, maybe that's why I was drawn to it right away, because it had very similar humor. And uh, it, it's just for any of the Pratchett fans out there, you will be able to sit and listen to these nonstop. And uh, and you'll be literally begging for more, just like I am. Please, please make more. If you're trying to wean yourself off of the uh, on, uh, the limited uh, encyclopedia of Terry Pratchett's uh, massive bibliography, come join us. We're Diet Pratchett, I guess. <laughs> I mean, don't <laughs> <on that. laughs> Diet. 
That's fantastic. Um, so, I, so I have to uh, to ask you the uh, you you're actually uh, you were just coming from somewhere when actually we got you on the on the line. Uh, yes, uh, I, I was coming from uh, Kids Screen. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Kids Screen? Well, uh, Kids Screen is an animation summit in Miami where um, studios from all over the world uh, come together to talk about what's what's trending, like what's new, and also to discuss with people about new uh, pitches they're looking for. Um, I was there to uh, represent my, my sound design, but also to try and see if I could convince people to take a look at uh, look at my show a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely feel like if someone doesn't pick up this show, I, I'm going to have to uh, either make a ton of money so that I can pay you to create an actual animation about this. Um, with all the other shows that are out there, not only does the humor grab it for uh, adults to enjoy, but uh, it's also written clearly that, that children could totally enjoy this show. So um, I, I couldn't imagine a Cartoon Network that if they've listened to the audio files or even uh, seen some of the videos that you've produced for this, uh, it should really easily be able to be picked up. So I, I have very high yeah. hopes for you. Uh, funny thing about that, like uh, I, someone once told me that I have, a, I have a bit of a problem when it comes to advertising this to younger kids. And that's I've got what's called the Sam and Max problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah. If you're not familiar with Sam and Max, they are uh, – they, they were a point-click adventure game that turned into an animated series called Sam and Max Freelance Police. Yep. And their vocabulary was several grades above what they, their target audience was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's what made it really funny. Yes. Like, if you watch any segment from them, the way that they talk, they are just going, going, going. And the, the, the language that they use is just so not meant for a young child to understand, which makes it kind of funny because of that. And I I know that my show has a little bit of the vocabulary thing. Mm -hmm. However, um, I actually tested this very early on with my godson, Leo, uh, and he listened to the show and he loved it. Yeah. And he was like seven years old at the time. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, even um, so my my uh, 11-year-old uh, was listening in the car with me, and she was totally engrossed with it. Uh, I would love to have my 5-year-old listen to it and uh, and see what she thinks as well, because now she's a little bit more visual, but uh, I, I feel like in this day and age with animation, you can grasp uh, children's attention with, of course, bright colors, uh, arms flailing around, and, and some really well-placed humor in there, which which the show has. Uh, so I don't think you'd have any problem with with many age groups to to be able to get a hold of the show. Well, I know the one thing that I have, like if I wanted to make this into an animation, the challenge that I've got is that it's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and fantasies are a dime a dozen, especially when you're trying to pitch. But it's all the the big difference is like a lot of a lot of animations when they're trying to like show themselves to uh, studios, they're like. Oh well, we're trying to be like Harry Potter, or oh, we're trying to be like Lord of the Rings, which you see tons of that stuff, yeah. Especially from Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, but I know on the Harry Potter side, that's that's less so. They're trying to do something different, which <laughs> is well, most people are not too happy about that. But yeah. the um, the uh, but but like I don't hear or see many people 
talking about Terry Pratchett stuff anymore. There is some fantastic films out there that oh, you can yeah. watch. Uh, Color of Magic, Hogfather. Hogfather, yeah. But they're all live action. Yeah. Going Postal, um, another fantastic one. The last time, the last time I saw an animated Terry Pratchett thing was in the 90s with the Weird Sisters. Yes. And it's, it's very dated. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe I'm on the other and the other end of the spectrum where I kind of like that it's not animated to some degree because when I was listening to it, <clears throat> much like when you're reading a book, you get to fill in the blanks on your own. Yeah. So I actually Absolutely. liked. Yeah. And that that's that was kind of what was attractive for me on that mm-hmm. side was that I could sit down, I could listen to it, appreciate the the sound work because man, you've done a ton uh, and it's extremely well done. Um, but I just like the fact that I can kind of think to myself of what these characters look like and yep. and what what's happening in the room. So yeah. it's a bit of a we well, had this conversation on an old show where about listening to uh, old radio. You know yes. what I mean? And just kind of trying to uh, gain, yeah, it. visualize and gain entertainment from the fact that you're just you're using one of your senses. Yep. Um, and I think there's definitely. Um, there's there's definitely some something to gain. Well, it's a real a real testament to to you as the writer and performers, um, because if if you can actually spawn that imagination, if you can get people to be that creative enough to sit through the episodes and and imagine it all along, then you know you've you've done it. Like you've created exactly what you originally intended to do. Um, yeah. Well, the nice thing about my the nice thing about the show is that. If, even if I made the animated series, it's going to be different from the audio drama. Yes. Like, what, what we, I mean, I'll plan on rearranging some things because it's essentially like a different world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things will be similar, but I can't, I can't take the audio from the audio drama and just add pictures to it no. and, and make it work the same way. <laughs> And you'll have expectations, and and I think you'll be you'll be fighting an uphill battle on that because I think for anybody who has listened to it, like your your true loyal fan base of of that series, uh, they'll be a little jaded once you add animation because everybody's going to have their own depiction of what those characters look like. You'll you're, you'll never be able to get it right in their eyes. I I find yeah. So, but you know, having said that's that, entirely possible. But yeah. honestly, like uh, when I the the reason why I wanted it to be an audio drama in the first place is that. When I was in when I was in elementary when I was in elementary school like kindergarten, one of my teachers I, I was going to a Montessori school at the time had this large cardboard box with a pink curtain with bright sparkles on it, and I walked inside and it's dark, and there are little glow in the dark stickers surrounding the whole room. I sit down in the center of the room and there is a single stereo. I press the play button. And it plays an audio drama describing that you're taking off in a spaceship, breaking through the Earth's atmosphere and landing on the moon, floating around inside. And it was a transcendent experience for my tiny adult mind. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really and cool. I, I walked away from that with such a, a thought of like just being able to experience something just by listening to it. That skill, that value is never going to completely go away for some people. No. And some people might never be able to understand it. 
And I think giving something that is modern with some humor and uh, the in-depth character work that you've done and bringing that to a newer generation, you know, Tony and I have young kids and uh, we see where everything is Fortnite and YouTube and, yeah. and you know what I mean? It's just We're rotting our kids' brains. You, to- to- you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, things are different. We're, it, our parents said the same shit about us playing Sega Genesis. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing <laughs> is, is that um, being able, if you can hook that audience, uh, that younger audience, and, and yeah. spread that, man, that that would be incredible. Um, just bringing them back to, um, you know, just using audio cues to to free up their imagination. I'm all about the audio well, show nowadays. So, something that I've been trying to. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a truck here. <laughs> Um, something that I've been trying to, uh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Can you hear that truck? Nope. We're pretty good on our side. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yell dicks out for Harambe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, something that I I had made with this, I had made something with a very clear intention for Mega Selgar, and that is how magic works in our world Mm -hmm. and the different types of casters. A lot of what Magus Elgar is, is an allegory for creativity. Okay. Every mm-hmm. kid out there has that special magic inside them. Maybe it's an idea. Maybe it's a story. Maybe it's a picture. But it's theirs, and it's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that there's been so many times where that idea is difficult to wrangle difficult to grab onto maybe you don't feel like you're good enough to tackle it or maybe you don't feel confident that people will like your idea or maybe you're scared that your idea might hurt somebody Mm -hmm. these are all real possibilities for all the things you can create yeah but our show kind of works through the value of taking that risk of going out there and putting that magic that's in you out on the table for others to see. Yeah. And how it's not always easy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's amazing, man. Yep. That's awesome. One of, one of the things that I struggled with, um, in terms of Vegas Elgar is that I, I struggle with this all the time. And that's, I was terrified that I wasn't original enough that oh no, I took this, I, I pinched a little bit of this idea from some place that I'd seen before. Oh no, this seems like a blatant ripoff of something else. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was terrified of that. And it, it got to the point where when I finished writing Vegas Elgar, that I had an epiphany. And that is, every one of us is a prism for the ideas that pass through us. The, the light of inspiration of everything before us. Yeah. What truly matters is the brilliant and unique colors that come out of you on the other end. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, it's awesome, man. <clears throat> it's amazing. Well, oh. yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, that's a great. Yeah. That's Perfect. Great, that's so great. we normally have our rapid fire question section, except for Matt's got lots of questions <laughs> about Meg Zelgar. So I do. Yeah. So he wants. Yeah, he, okay. I just want to like, how long does an episode take you to make? Uh, 
for the most part, it takes uh, a while. Uh, it took me uh, a couple of months for an episode, mostly due to the fact that I wanted to make them all in one in one burst, and I was one of the only sound designers working on it. I had others helping me, like, construct it and stuff, but we took a lot of time, mostly due to the fact that this wasn't my day job. Yeah. And every yeah. time that I had some big project on looming in the horizon, I had to dump Vegas Elgar and go work on that, you know, yeah. to pay the bills. Yep. Sure. And that's why I wanted to ask that question because you can tell um, that, you know, uh, not only just creating it, but I'm sure listening to it over and over and over again to get it perfect because the sound cues are just spot on, um, which, you know, Tony and I know that doesn't just happen organically all the time. No. Um, so an episode, you know, <clears throat> there's just, there, there has to be some appreciation for what you do and the time that that you put into that, you know, Tony and I have pretty good chemistry. We can sit down here and, you know, we always do our homework and, you know, we, we put hours into a few episodes, but not months. Where's my and... Valentine's day card. <laughs> <page>? <laughs> it's in the mail. Yeah. Uh, It'll arrive on my Christmas card. Did <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I'll let you in on a secret. It, it took me about a year to write the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Right. So I just wanted to make sure that people listening, um, it's like years in the making. Really. Realize how long this stuff really takes. Yeah. And you can tell. Like, it's funny because when I listen to it, I'm like, holy shit, I can appreciate everything. I'm like, that was my first question. How long did this take? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and It's so perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I had to ask. Well, I, I started, I came up with the concept in 2016. I built a proof of concept by around the end of that year. Had a uh, first draft of everything by early to mid. 2017 and uh we finished everything by march 2018 wow wow yeah well yeah. good and work man we released it for free in 2019 yeah uh yep. then started making animated shorts online yep yep it. which <clears throat> look yeah i had a i had a little little look at that look too. at the shorts as well yep. yeah 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 it's nice um i mean Clearly, this alone, because uh, it is uh, eleven chapters long, if I remember correctly. Eleven chapters, eleven episodes. Eleven yes. episodes. Yeah. Um, now they're quite lengthy, but uh, it rolls so quick and so smooth that, like, literally, time goes by before you realize it. Um, it clearly long enough that maybe it couldn't have been sold as an audio book. Maybe it could have, I guess. It, it, but uh, I, I feel like you guys should be making a lot of money for oh, this. Yeah. Like the production yeah. value alone warrants the fact that you guys should be making some really good change on this. Yeah. Well, thank you. Unfortunately, uh, we, we're still trying to figure that one out because uh, we're, we're offering the series for, for free on Spotify, wherever podcasts, wherever pods are cast, uh, like Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to them there, by all means, please. I would love for you to listen to the show. If you want to support us, uh, consider getting a copy on Bandcamp. It's about eight dollars for the whole thing, and you get a high quality version of the product uh, of the of the program, and also some bloopers. Yeah, some uh, some discussions from me. Uh, eight dollars uh, is extremely we're still reasonable. Trying to figure out ways to try and get support for the show. Yeah, because uh, any any anybody that's willing to help give us you know a little something for the show would help uh, make all proceeds go to making another season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's a, that's yeah. eight dollars is is incredibly reasonable. I, mean, I would totally pick up coffee for eight bucks just just so my kids can listen to it whenever they want. I always do the math on this, right? Yeah, going to see a movie, right? Hour and a half, that's fifteen bucks. Yeah, right. So you get ten what over double digit hours of entertainment for. Yep. So that's absolutely totally worth it. totally worth it, listeners. So if you're you're listening to this episode right now, you owe it to your creativity and uh, and you're just. Your ears alone will will thank you for going in and listening to Magus Algar. It is such a beautifully written well, show. Well, thank you. We're we're also thinking about trying to come up with some idea for merchandise, but I, I don't know what people would want. Like, would they want totems Ooh. of uh, the Magi? Would they want uh, shirts of like the different quotes from the Ma- from uh, the Magus and others? Maybe. Uh, yeah. They yeah. Want There's some really good of, material. No, I've got posters of every episode available as artwork. Wow. See, that alone, um, I, I mean, is beautiful. I sell them at conventions every now and again. Okay. Yeah. That's sweet. I, That's uh, a good idea, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- I mean, I think you have a, a few characters uh, in there that uh, would totally sell as uh, as little standalone, uh, either be it artwork or a uh, stuffed animal or even uh, just something on a mug. Um, if, if people continue to listen to the episode and really find the humor in it, uh, I mean, Terry Pratchett stuck around with me for so long. At one point, I thought about building a chess set based on uh, the Discworld. Hmm. Um, it would have taken a long time, and I never really got around to it. Uh, and I didn't even know if the appreciation would be there for it. Uh, but uh, myself, I thought about building a really massive te- chess set built on the back of an intergalactic space turtle and, <laughs> and four elephants. So, That's cool. Yeah. But uh, would it would have taken some time. It'd, it'd have to sell for a lot of money. But uh, yeah, no, you've got uh, you've got tons of little uh, characters that are throughout that uh, with a great personality. Uh, you've got some really fantastic uh, yeah. zingers of, of lines in there that I think could be great quotes. So um, it's just you know uh, I think the more people that can connect with you uh, as a fan base, uh, making sure that you're available via social media and stuff like that, that I'm sure people would uh, come up with ideas for you or at least tell you, hey, where Absolutely. can I get this? Yep. Heck, if you got ideas, feel free to send an email to Magus at uh, MelodyGun.com or contact me on Twitter at, uh, at Magus Serling, right. M-A-G-U-S-S-E-R-L-I-N-G. I'm not sure if I got that right because I'm not <laughs> looking at anything right now. That's okay. For the people who are listening and driving, we will make sure we post it up on our website as well. I want to no, be. Yeah, a, thanks, thanks. I want to be a character. Would, in probably Vegas would be better. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We want to be characters too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to be it, characters. It, it truly makes you wonder. Like, I mean, I I always loved cartoons and and voiceovers and all that kind of stuff, and often thought, my God, I'd love to be immortalized as a cartoon character at some point in my life. But ugh, that'd yeah. be sick. Yeah, that'd be a, a lifetime. Just write us in, okay, Kennedy? Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> <clears throat> Just like six I'll lines. Think of yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if I could do a very good death shriel, uh, shriek, but uh, I could definitely, uh, I could be a crazy vendor in the market or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cameo appearance by. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did We did have those in our show. I think that was at Arcademia. Yeah. That's sweet. So good. <laughs> that, was a fun, that was a fun episode to do uh, design for because it's really hard to do a chase scene in audio form. Yes. Yeah, I can imagine yeah, that. Because, yeah. like, you're, you're not moving with them through the crowd. Right? You have to find ways to make everything move past you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys do a, a beautiful job of that. 
Um, I was I was even talking to uh, a coworker today and just saying like how it's amazing when even uh, Megas Algar is uh, walking and talking and you can hear his footsteps echoing through the halls. Yeah. You can hear doors closing. You can hear it almost like as if the camera's on one side of the door to when the when the door opens to it closing. How the voice changes and everything. It's it's so thoroughly detailed. It's amazing. So how, how many well, how many you. folks do you have on your team? Let's see. I've got about uh, four people helping me with the sound design and dialogue editing, uh, but I'm the one doing a lot of the legwork on that. Yeah. Um, I had about twelve voice actors for for my for my cast. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. That is. And we had about two. We had one or two composers. Uh, my um, my producer at the time was uh, uh, the composer for the main theme song. And then we had Andrew Moss do the composing for everything else. And also we had a, a, a bit of stock music. I won't lie. Oh yeah. Cause, cause composing your own stuff is expansive. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the music's great. Tell. It's, so, lo- it's so seamless. I, yeah. I love the music. Yeah. The music's beautiful. Yeah. It really sets the tone for the atmosphere. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's great. Yeah. But uh, we, we all told we have about maybe 16 people at most. Yeah, no, that's still right now. That's good right now, we've got um, we've got different people on the team. Uh, we've got uh, two dedicated animators and three writers working alongside me. Wow, wow, that's well, great. Well, as our listeners can hear, uh, clearly you guys have a, a good crew, uh, a good number of people that uh, could use some funding to make this keep going. So, uh, once again, um, if you guys are listening to this, uh, you you owe it to yourselves and and uh, it would be a treat uh, for Kennedy to uh, have everybody listen and maybe give them a quick message and let them know what you think uh, hopefully you enjoy it as much as we do uh, we do have uh, one more question to kind of round out the episode for you and uh, it is from uh, Juno Award winner Sass Jordan her question for you is what is the number one thing on your bucket list the number one thing on my bucket list right now is to make an animated show that leaves an impact. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Well, I feel I feel like this something, could do it. Something that I like. I, I grew up with a couple of cartoons that really left behind something significant in me, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to share those experiences from all the stuff that I've had in my life in the form of some form of entertainment. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, I, I just to have kids talk about when they become adults, this cartoon when they were young, right? Like, I still talk about Transformers and G.I. Joe. Like, it was the best thing right? in the world. He-Man. Right? He-Man. Yeah. yeah. Hell, it wasn't It wasn't until uh, not that long ago that I come across a, an old episode of Knight Rider that I was like, oh, it's the best show <laughs> in the world. And I sat and watched it. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> you, know, you know, I got I got something for you. And this is this is a bit of a... This is a little bit embarrassing, but uh, I my the the show that really got to me when I was a kid, yeah, was Star Trek Voyager. Okay, yeah, yeah. Some <clears throat> people some people actually accused it of being like a lot of Trekkies accuse it of being like the worst Star Trek. I watched it. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, can... well, here, here's the thing though. I even though I understand that there's better Star Trek stuff out there, that one has a personal spot in my heart for one reason. What's that? When I first started watching it, I was living on a sailboat. 
Ah. And I was halfway around the world trying to sail around the world with my parents and my sister. And there were long periods of just nothing out there. <laughs> and I had a bunch of VHS tapes of Star, of, of Star Trek Voyager, a show about a starship that was on the other side of the galaxy just trying to get home. Mm-hmm. With nothing around it. I guess you could totally relate yeah, to it. Yeah. I related to that so much, and I know that's why I'm super biased about it, but... I, there's like an episode in there where uh, the voyage, uh, Voyager gets becalmed in like an area where there's no stars. Okay. And it hit me so much because of the crippling boredom all the, all the crew had to deal with. Because I had been becalmed in, uh, uh, in the Indian Ocean before. Oh, wow. Where the ocean just looks like and it's hot, and there's nothing to do, and you can't spend uh, any any gas on the engine because there's a significant chance that you'll run out and you'll be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's hey, wild. When, when you're in that, like, lonely period and you're watching all this stuff and, and they're just sailing and there's nobody around you and then you come across another boat, did you run up and be like, Dad, hail them! <laughs> <laughs> Well, we talked to each other over the the radio, and yeah. like would would trade jokes or like uh, one of the, we had like uh, we sailed with like three other vessels at one point, and uh, we were like tens of miles apart, but we would actually uh, do game shows over the radio together. That's awesome. Oh. <laughs> that's that's sounds, a life. That's like that's that's a Jeopardy. great premise for an animated show. Yep, I like it. <laughs> there you go. There's another idea. One of these days, I'd love to, to uh, sit down and talk in, in detail about like everything about that tr- about that sailing around the world thing because uh, I know that uh, I, I know that I'm probably not going to remember every little detail for very long, but it leaves an impact. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and you got to tell those stories. We should start a call a show called "My Crazy Life" and just have guests on who will sit and drink and talk about some crazy stuff in their life. Sweet. If anybody takes it, we've already talked about it. <laughs> it's yeah. happened now. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. <laughs> I'm coming after your ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, do you have a uh, – actually, do, do you want to leave a question for anybody else or for our next guest? Yeah. If you would consider there being any magic in you, what would it be? Would it be a memory – an experience or something that you can do? Is it a talent or is it just an idea you have? Hmm. Interesting. Great. I like that one. I like that one as well. Wonderful. Would you like uh, to uh, pitch anything or let people know where they can catch you on your social media? I think we talked about it briefly, well, but maybe we'll do that nice roundup right now. Well, give me, uh, all right then, hold on. You can hear Magus Elgar available wherever audiobooks are sold and wherever pods are cast. Available now to download your copy today. You can also find me as Magus Serling Tentorn, available on Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Twitter at Magus Serling. You can also listen or view wonderful uh, animated shows of Magus Elgar available on our YouTube Please feel free to contact us about any questions about the show, or if you just want to uh, tip your hat to us, we've uh, 
we're very insecure about that kind of thing. <laughs> Amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, again, everybody, we will post up some links uh, on our website if you uh, don't get a chance to write this down as you're going. Uh, but uh, reach out to Kennedy. Um, listen to his show. Let him know uh, what you think. Uh, it's wonderful. And it's been uh, wonderful talking with you. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Safe drive. Bye-bye. So this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our website. Thefap.ca. On uh, Twitter. Is Thefap4. You can get us on Instagram. Is the Fat Podcast? Don't forget our Facebook, the Freaking Awesome Podcast, and uh, you can always reach out via email, the Fat Podcast at gmail dot com. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this podcast. Ah, uh, uh, not again. What a sweet. Eh. <laughs>